the weather outside is frightful. And that means one thing. It's purely college basketball season. It's, well, technically it's Monday, but you're not going to hear this until Tuesday, but, you know, whatever. It's all college basketball on this edition of Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm getting tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's Division One football. It's the Big Twelve. I've got so many ways to remain love a million ways. I barely make it enough. Don't play intramurals, brother. I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? More shoot job blues. We already talked about it off the air. It's a it's a shit show right now. If we can just get through the holidays, maybe we can maybe we can get this operation back up and running for God's sake. Yeah, if we can keep dropping shows from now until New Year's, it'll be a phenomenal upset. Yeah, we'll see about that. The likes of Chicago State. <laughs> the likes of a groin injury you've never seen. Never before. seen before. Yes, exactly. L Dandy. No, that was Dean Malenko. Yeah, who? Yeah, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Dropping bad WCW references one minute into the show. Right out of the gate, I don't care. I am, I am washed. I've been up for too long. Uh, I'm, I'm three beers deep. At a you're work old, dinner. you're it's, tired, and you work with children. That's yeah. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm on the. I just had a black cup of coffee, and I don't drink black coffee, so now I got another cup of coffee, and it's you know it's like nine o'clock at night. Who who cares? I will say this: there's nothing you mentioned in the in, in the intro. There's nothing, and I think I say this every year, but it just it takes me back to a, a specific time and place. There's nothing like walking into a tiny hot gym out of a cold winter night, and and hearing the hearing the hearing the ball bounce, the squeakers, the the, the sneaker squeaking. The, the, the squeak the, of sneakers. That's what really gets of, me. Yes. Yeah. The, the the horn of the buzzer or the buzzer of the horn, however you want to put it. Just all of it. It's just, it, it's a, it's a, it's a special, special thing. Yeah. It's those, it's those little sounds that you don't get out of a football game. Like yes. I say, it's a tweet of a whistle. It's the squeak of the shoes. It's the, the whistle. Of the yeah. Ball. Yeah. That that's college basketball in a, in a little gym that holds no more than like 4,000 people. And they're just jam-packed screaming. Low ceiling, absolutely. It's a freaking sauna. It's great. Well, let's get to the the games that were played in arenas like that. We're going to start, though, in a big place with a big game. The highlight of the last couple weeks, obviously, was this past Saturday. Purdue and Arizona, at the time, number one and number four, playing in Indianapolis. Purdue wins and regains the number one ranking in the nation, according to Associated Press anyway, 92-84. was never really in doubt. Purdue kind of jumped them out of the gate and kept them at bay the whole way. Never really got interesting. Fletcher Lawyer had a big game. Doesn't that guy play for Duke, man? He's a little scrawny pissant. He's just (laughs) annoying as hell. Just brutal. But, you know, when you got the big guy inside, can free free up space for... 
for him and uh, and guys like Braden Smith. Purdue can be alone. Maybe it's shaping up. Maybe they can't do it this year. I still have my doubts. But hey, that's a big time win over a big time team. Even if it's you know semi neutral site, it's a home game for Purdue. Oh, it was a home but, game for Purdue. Come on, yeah. But yeah, that's a good win for Purdue. Great non conference action here in the early season. Arizona does not out anything doing the job here. Everybody's fine. No, if they played this game 10 times, five in the Midwest and five on the West Coast, it would end up by five between these two teams. Arizona has nothing to be ashamed of. They played a great game. Yeah, your boy Caleb Love scored 29 to lead the Wildcats. Yeah. And they've got a big game, another big game coming up Wednesday. Wednesday's chock full of great ball games. Yeah, they've got Alabama in Phoenix, and then they've got Florida Atlantic on Saturday in Las Vegas. So that's a good neutral on site there, Arizona. That's a neutral site game in Phoenix, right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if like, Indianapolis is neutral for Purdue, <laughs> Phoenix is neutral for Arizona, right? Yeah, I mean, Ken Palm calls them semi-home games, and that's more what it really is. Yeah, it is what it is. But whatever. I wish they play these games on campus for the love of God, but that's asking a little too much. And the year of our Lord, 2023, but whatever. Well, we have a lot to talk about, so let's let's get the bird out of the room. Did you actually see any of this game, considering it was on Peacock? No, I followed it on Twitter. I absolutely did not see it. No, why would I? I didn't even try. I, I was driving home from Reno while this game went on. Why Ridiculous. would I? Ridiculous. You know, we, we have joked for the last couple of years about how ESPN has put West Virginia basketball games on the plus. But this is even worse. Peacock is a horrible streaming service. And to put a game of this magnitude only on the cock is just, it, that's horrendous. I, I don't care how many new viewers you get out of that game, it wasn't worth it. This ain't 1994. And this ain't Carolina Duke getting put on the deuce. Okay? That comes right down to it. Got to figure out a better way. You're not getting Joe Casual fan to, to to make a new subscription to Peacock to, to find Purdue, Arizona. They've got to come up with some better strategy than this. Oh, totally agree. You can tell they're desperate because they're pretty much giving away the Peacock for like $20 a year. And I, I've actually seen $1 a month. Uh, it, it's obvious that nobody is buying the product. And they're it, it's going to go the way, uh, well... If they can survive until the Olympics, they've got it made. But otherwise, it may go the way of the Longhorn Network or, uh, I don't know, the Pac-12 Network. Mm, Jesus. I did hear that the uh, the NBC Peacock production was uh, was top-notch, that they did a very good job uh, broadcasting the event. But that's great, and nobody's yeah, watching can, it. I yeah. You can do that on NBC. Exactly. You, you got NBC, you got USA, you got CNBC. I, I don't understand why you have to put this on a streaming. You don't. And nobody, and there's, and they got no new subscribers from that game, aside from maybe some Purdue fans and some Arizona fans. There were no neutral observers who, who got a Peacock subscription because of this game. Zach Eady's mother. There, yeah, exactly. It, it, it ain't ESPN2 in 1994, and you gotta you gotta get the deuce to see Duke Carolina. That's it. it ain't what it is. Uh, the world has changed. Y'all gotta figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I I, I laugh, but that is so true. 
They've got to figure it out. Yeah, the cable bundle is coming back before uh, before you know it. So, oh, no kidding, no kidding. I everybody, it, it's it's just like my dad worked for uh, for Ma Bell, and when they broke mm-hmm. up Ma Bell, they broke it into a bunch of tiny telephone companies, which what do you know, all came back together, and it's now known as AT and T. How about that? And that's why I also believe the Pac-12 is going to be coming back sooner than later. What's old is new again. Purdue and Arizona wasn't the only game of merit on December 16th. As we mentioned, Purdue is now, again, the number one team in the nation, according to AP. Ken Palm rightfully has Houston as the number one team in the nation. Houston ain't play nobody. Don't give me that rightfully bullshit. Okay, wait a minute. So let's go there to start with. So Texas A&M is nobody? I'm not calling him anybody right now. 21 points, five offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds by guard Emmanuel Sharp. Uh, Houston is what they have been for the last three or four years. Incredibly tough on defense. More than enough offense to get by. I mean, This is like an enhanced version of Virginia that you want to watch. I like that they've upped the competition level with the Big 12 this season. I think that's going to be a, a super, super fun team to watch trying to navigate a more difficult river than they have been the last few years. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying they're not up to the challenge. I'm just saying they're not cut away rightfully number one in the nation. They're a good team, still unbeaten. Um, they're, they're a load to get out of the uh, into the loss column. I mean, that's just it. There's only four unbeaten teams left in the NC, in Division One right now. Houston deserves to be number one. I mean, it's that simple. It really is. It's that simple. It works that way in football. Tell Liberty that. Well, yeah. Well, okay. We'll we'll talk about. Tell Florida State battle. that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. I said I went straight to Liberty. I didn't even go to Florida State. That's yeah. Eat shit, Seminoles. That's great. We'll talk about an unbeaten team that uh, is going to be entertaining that no one will give any respect to later in the show. And what do you know? It's the same university that we talked about in football season. Great. Kansas, which is now number two. See, Houston's not even number two in both the polls. They're number three, even though they got more first place votes than Kansas, who is number two. Kansas got lucky that Indiana did the J-O-B at home, 75-71, blew a 13-point lead. Utterly ridiculous. Kansas took its first lead with 4.53 to go in the game. It looked like Indiana had some of that, uh, why am I drawing a blank now? The stupid arena. We'll just call it Bloomington. How about that? Why, Why can't I think of the stupid Indiana... Fieldhouse, arena, God, what the hell? God, Assembly Hall, good grief. Assembly Hall magic going on. Bobby Knight dies and everybody just forgets about Indiana basketball. Apparently, well, that had, well, Bobby Knight must have died 20 years ago then. But I thought Indiana had them here. They looked really good in the first half. Just couldn't make the plays down the stretch to, to keep the Jayhawks at bay. The better team prevailed ultimately. But man, Indiana's going to look back on that one and say, man, it, what could have been? Indiana now has three losses. They got blown out by Kentucky and Auburn. And now this come from ahead loss to Kansas. I wonder if Indiana is going to be one of these bullies with a great record, but no good wins. And, and, and probably by the time they get through the Big Ten season, they're like 
ten and ten in conference. Oh yeah, they'll be like nineteen and thirteen or something like that. Yeah, and everybody's going to look back and go, "Well, they played so and so tough, but lost." Well, they played so and so tough, but lost. Yeah, I'll tell you what that gets you. That gets you an NIT invitation. I saw it with North Carolina last season. So, oh well, no, I'm hopeful they make the NCAA tournament so I can bet against them. Maybe Indiana will be that lucky. We'll see. Kansas, by the way, their lone loss is to Marquette, another team that should be higher up in the rankings. Kansas is number 10 in Ken Palm, for crying out loud. How can they be number two? Small sample size. It's way too early in the season to look at all those numbers. They're voting because of name recognition. You're so hilarious. Don't they know that Houston's in the Big 12 now? They'll figure it out once conference play starts. Conference play hasn't started for them yet. <laughs> All the other conferences started conference play like seven weeks ago. But they ain't started yet. <laughs> A team that might have taken over the number one ranking had they won was Baylor. But by God, they lose to Michigan State 88-64. Michigan State led this game at halftime 45-17. The last time I saw Baylor get the get the shit kicked out of him like this, Kip Kishinzer, who was also an official in this game, uh, ejected Brady Manick from the game with 12 minutes left, and Baylor came back and forced overtime. <laughs> you just keep going back to that game, don't you? It, it's it's one of the, it's the worst officiated game I've ever seen in my life. But it, the the setup was sort of the same way. Baylor couldn't do anything. Michigan State was hitting everything. Baylor couldn't couldn't get any momentum whatsoever, be it by a phantom ejection or a hot run of threes, a 9-0 run, anything. Uh, Michigan State shut them down, kept them down. Never in doubt from the tip that Spartans looked absolutely fantastic, but I do think it was less Sparty and more Baylor just looking inept and uh, sleepwalking through the game on Saturday. You know, that was almost a must-win for Michigan State. I Yes, it's still the middle of December, but think about this. They went into that game at 4-5. and five. Yeah. They'd gone to 4-6, and six, plus being 0-2 already in the Big 12. That means they'd have to get somewhere about four games above 500 in conference play just to have any kind of redeemable record to get themselves in the NCAA tournament. Now they have, we beat Baylor on their resume. It's a big scalp. I know it's at home. It doesn't matter. It's a big scalp. Hey, tell me this, I, and we'll get into it more into our previews in the next coming weeks, but one of Michigan State's losses is to Nebraska. And Nebraska has actually looked alive this year. They have. Do, I was going to say, do you think they're real, or do you think that was simply a matter of Michigan State is not really good, and Nebraska got lucky before they realized that Michigan State isn't any good? I think. This is a cop-out answer, but I think it might be a little bit of both. I'm not sure Michigan State's any good, but I do think I do think Nebraska's live this year, and I do think they're going to be the monkey in the wrench for a handful of teams in the Big Ten. They're going to knock somebody from the top. They're going to knock one of the big boys off in the conference, and they're going to be a 500 team in the league, and they're flirting with the NCAA tournament. I really think I really think that's the case. We'll see how it turns out for the Huskers, but they have been uh, they've been frisky so far this year, and I don't think it's entirely a fluke. So what you're saying is possible in the middle of March, we're going to see from the Big Ten, Rutgers, Northwestern, and Nebraska 
all in the NCAA tournament. And no Michigan State, yeah. And possible. no Michigan State. That'd be fabulous. Absolutely possible. Mentioned that was Baylor's first loss. And now they have to turn around and they play Duke Wednesday at Madison Square Garden. Semi-home so is that home, game. Is that a home game for Duke or a semi-home game? What is that? <laughs> Should be home game, yes. Jesus Christ. The, home, the house that Krzyzewski built could grieve. Hey, by the way, you mentioned the monkey in the wrench. And we've been using that term now for like the last month or so. I'm just going to keep using it. I don't remember where I picked it up at, but I I, I caught it from somebody, and, and well, I'm just I'm, I'm just going to hammer it in. Well, here here's the deal. I mean, obviously the phrase that's a John McClain. That's a John McClain diehard reference. I just realized that's what it is. Is that what that is? I think it is. Yeah, he said the pain in the ass, the monkey in the wrench. Yeah, because I I heard an announcer say monkey wrench, and he kind of stumbled over it, and I was just waiting for him to say the monkey in the wrench. The monkey in the wrench. Yeah. <laughs> Flying the ointment, Hans, the monkey in the wrench, the pain in the ass. Creighton beat Alabama 85-82. Creighton's looking dangerous this year. I'm not sure about Alabama, though. I think, again, they're going to be a really entertaining team that looks good against average opponents but can't win a big game. I agree with that. They lost a ton of talent off last year's team. Also, Uh, gun ownership. Well, that's <laughs> they were. Were they the overall number one seed going into the tournament last year? Uh, no, no. I, I think they were like the second or third. I, I think simply because the NCAA tournament didn't want to give Alabama that have that. You're not. You're not wrong on that. But yeah, San Diego State knocked them off in the Sweet Sixteen in one of the more shocking upsets I can remember in a long time. I'm still stunned that that game went the way it did. The, the Tide lost a ton of talent off that team, and they're just not the bunch they were last season. Creighton, meanwhile, looking good. Nice bounce back after losing the UNLV in midweek. And the Rebels might have something for us this year, which just makes the Mountain West even deeper. Man, Mountain, Mountain West is, continues to stay competitive and loaded out there. And Bama, meanwhile, they, they've lost to Creighton, Ohio State, Clemson, who just lost, and Purdue. I mean, yeah. n- no bad losses, but they also don't have any big wins. They've got Arizona on Wednesday. Time's running out for them to get a non-conference uh, scalp here. The SEC will not be easy. Uh, but but they, they picked the wrong time to have to play Arizona. Oh, absolutely. They're going to be pissed off after, after this weekend. I wouldn't be worried about Bama's tournament hopes at this point but you got to start thinking all right we can't drop any games that we must win in the league we can't have any bad losses in the league can we get some of the big boys in conference so they're gonna i'm not sure and again we'll talk more about these in the previews but i'm not sure there's that many big boys in the sec this year it's definitely a step back from where it has been the last few seasons despite kentucky's resurgence yeah. I think the league as a whole is has has taken a step back. I'm not sure Kentucky has resurged yet. I think this they look. A, I think they looked good the other day against your Tar Heels, but I don't think they're back yet. I saw what they did to Miami. I'm not saying they're back. I'm saying they're much better than they have. I'm not saying they're a lock Final Four team and they're going to go 34 and two or anything like that. I'm just saying Kentucky has been 
on the down low last season. Year before, they were a two seed the, uh, the year before that. They lost to St. Peter's. Even that team was missing something. It's been a while since Calipari had a had a scary Kentucky team. It's probably you got to go back to that 2015 team, I think, uh, to where they were really, really maybe 27. The 2017 team was pretty good with your boy Malik Monk. Um, I can't believe but, he's become my guy. <laughs> your boy, yeah, absolutely. This team could grow into something special. They looked really good against Carolina uh, the other day, but they do have they do have spots of just inconsistency, and it's going to come with a freshman-laden team like they have. But they got some dudes, Dillingham, the big guy down low, they got some guys that can make some plays. Come right down to it. Carolina could have folded three different times in that game. They continued to fight back. They tied it. They took the lead with about five minutes left, and they missed a couple of big threes with about two and a half, three minutes left on back-to-back possessions. Had good looks. They were good shots. They just didn't fall. And then managed to blow two rebounding opportunities and literally threw the game away on the penultimate possession. Carolina probably should have won that game and pissed it away, uh, but I'm not going to take anything away from Kentucky. That's a, that was a, a really good basketball game. It was a sloppy early. In the second half, it got really good. Entertaining basketball in December, I'm not going to... Uh, complain about that even if my Tar Heels were on the losing end RJ Davis by the way has scored 27 points in about 50 straight games at this point so that dude is filling it up this season highly highly entertaining at the two spot for Carolina always good when you have the best score on the court you got a chance you have a chance when you're Virginia, you never have the best score that's on the court. Jesus Christ. And in a game that most people didn't see, I only caught this because I happened to see a scroll that had Northeastern ahead of Virginia by like eight points deep in the second half. I flipped over to the ACC network only to see the Cavaliers survive 56-54 against Northeastern. I, I follow a few Who's fans on Twitter, and they were tweeting through it. It was bad. And I forgot to go back and double-check to see if they actually won the game. They did win the game. But Virginia, they've got to they gotta find something on the, on the offensive end. Again, they're a pain in the ass to play against. They're going to rack up wins in the ACC. It's going to happen, um, whether we like it or not. Just a matter of, can they be the big dog in the ACC this year, like they have reliably been for the past several seasons? Or uh, is the league finally catching up to the Who's and maybe starting to figure them out and just deal with that god-awful pack line defense. All you have to do is get down the court before their defense does. Some teams it. have proven that it works. you got to run with them. Make them run. The night before that Saturday, Connecticut and Gonzaga went at each other in Seattle. It was supposed to be a really big deal. But, man, Connecticut just jumped out to an early lead. I don't think Gonzaga was within 10 points the entire second half. Huskies win 76-63. Huge win for them. Is that a semi-home game or just a home game? Uh, that's, so. Man, that's as close as <laughs> home games you can have. Spoiler alert. The defending national champions are pretty freaking God good. damn it. I hate-watched them all through March because they were screwing up every bet I made. And I'm still hating on them. I need to get out of this. You know, they owe me, though. They still owe me. They owe me. That's the problem. Well, you might want to bet on them. If you want to make some money off, you <laughs> might want to bet on them. 
they got some dudes, man. They might have more dudes than everybody else. I don't know. But man, they can get they got four guys who can who can give you twenty on any given night. They are going to be maybe the toughest out of the lot. I know they're not the number one team in the nation right now. Against top competition, they have been fantastic this season. And they have not been afraid to play anybody. I'd love to see a Connecticut Purdue game. Uh the the sophomore Connecticut has Donovan Klingen. He can He's play good. against anybody. I think he can yep. give Edie a battle inside. He's I not as agree. big, but I think he's a little more versatile. Uh, it'd yeah. be a really interesting matchup. And and that's the thing the Zags didn't have. They didn't have a big man this year. The big guy they have is is too young. He's not naturally talented. And it showed. Klingon just ate him alive. Hey, what do you got on the, uh, on the buzz about Zags basketball to the Big East? Starting to get some buzz. You know, they, it's always been talked about. The Zags are going here. The Zags are going there. I don't know. I mean, there was talk they were going to go to the Big 12, too. You know, being out in Washington, it's a long road trip if they change conferences no matter where they yeah. go. And I'm not sure they want to do that. Uh, frankly, you know, the, the West Coast Conference is a good fit for them, both geographically and, you know, religiously. I let, let's yeah. you know let's be frank about it. Although you know, and and with with the Pac-12 breaking up, maybe that's where Oregon State and Washington State go for basketball. Well, no, I, no, I was told that I was told that if you play if you play your sport in 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 one conference, you have to play all your sports in 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 that conference. That's what that's what football realignment has taught me. Uh, <sighs> yeah, right. Jeez, I can talk to you about so many West Coast teams that uh, defy that one. Let's start with Hawaii and keep going. Let's 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 not. You're going to work me into a shoot here, or I'm going to work myself into a shoot. Hey, a little news, uh, history news on Gonzaga. Uh, Drew Timmy, who we knew couldn't play defense, is stuck in the G League. He still can't play defense. He scores like a mother, uh, but so do a lot of guys in the G League, and that's why they're only in the G League. Chet Holgram, however, is starting to get minutes at Oklahoma City. He nearly had a triple-double the other night against Denver. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 8 blocks. And I'll um, tell you, he doesn't look like a Q-tip anymore. Well, like I say, it, turn, it turns out you move to Oklahoma and you get some chicken fried steak. What a concept. I was looking at his stat sheet. The NBA still claims he's 195 pounds, which is the same weight that Gonzaga had him at. He's either at 210 now, or he was at like 180 at Gonzaga. Take your pick. But the kid's Good put on Lord. weight. He's got some definition in his arms now. He doesn't look like he's going to get broken in half by a lot of guys. By Carl Anthony Towns and those types of dudes. <laughs> yeah. I, I forget yeah, who I out. saw he was playing against against Denver, but... You know, it was a beefy big guy, and he was holding his own. I mean, he wasn't getting trashed. Beefy big guy for Denver. It wasn't Jokic, was it? No, no. Uh, it was whoever their backup, backup center is. You know, one of those guys who's like about 6'10", 260 pounds, backup, has been in the league forever. I would say been in the league for 10 years, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a P.J. Tucker type. I, I know it there, wasn't yeah, Tucker, there you go. but you know, that's... Somebody well, like him. And, and I was shocked that Holmgren was holding his own, yeah. Well, good uh, for old shit. I was worried about the boy. Yeah, me too. And and like I said, apparently a year off, he gained some weight, hit the weight room a little. 
still would have loved to have seen him playing basketball at Gonzaga last year, but yeah. would have been nice. NIL if, if, money if, would do that. Ab- yeah, exactly. You just, just need a little bit more. Need a little bit more. If, if you want to gain some weight, go get on a cruise. The buffets on the cruise lines are fantastic. That's called a seg right there. That's a good seg. Hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. Hey, it's Christmas time. Awesome Christmas present is to, hey, put down that deposit on a cruise. And, hey, just wrap it up. Put it under the tree. Little envelope. Hey, honey, let's go on a cruise this summer. And you do it. It's fantastic. You hit up all the buffets and then hit up the beaches However you want to do it, casinos on the boats, all sorts of options. We still need to work out the sports book on the cruise ship gimmick. I don't have that quite worked out yet, but we're going to work on that. And you can help us work on it if you hit up our girl, Wendy Prater, at Magical Journeys Travel. All major cruise lines, Caribbean. If you want to hit a European cruise this year, you have options. You have all sorts of options. Hit her up. She can hook you up with Disney, Universal, all-inclusives, whatever floats you and your traveling party's boat. Tell her you heard about her on 60 or Seniors. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. WP Magic Journeys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual social media spots. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. And I told you... I don't know if I told you off the air or on the air now that I had a uh, I had a Ken Palm gimmick for you. Oh yes, yes, you did. Yeah, I don't remember now either. Before or after we pushed the red button, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We talked about this team earlier in the uh, in the in the in the in the show. Oh, you're kidding! I have no clue what you're talking about. It didn't even click with me until I went back and looked it up. But um, all right, I'm standing out here on the island waiting to be Pearl Harbored. On the yesterday Sunday, Nebraska beat Kansas State in I, Big Twelve play. I saw books, that sixty two forty six. Yeah, good do you, defense. Do you know showing. what? Do you know what the uh, significance of that score in those teams are? Sixty two forty six. I'm gonna say that one of the did Kansas State score more points in a football game than they did in that basketball game? <laughs> I don't think so. Check this out. Going into the game, Nebraska was 62nd in Ken Palm. Kansas State was 46th in Ken Palm. And that was the final score. Very cool. Very cool. Ken Palm did not confirm this, but we think it's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. I mean, the chances of that happening are pretty slim. And you'd have to have teams somewhere between, you know, like about the 50s to the 100s. Uh, to even have a shot at it. Impossible, yeah. yeah. It's not like yeah, Mississippi look. Valley State and Norfolk are going to be able to do that. I'll say, yeah, let's get a couple of MEAC teams out here and let, let, let them match their Ken Palm <laughs> rankings on the scoreboard. Just a, a random Ken Palm oddity to uh to That is very cool. That, that's a great little yeah. trivia question. Oh, that makes me feel better about what I now have to say. As you all know, I am a Golden State Warrior fan, have been since the 70s. I have been a huge Draymond Green supporter, but... Let's, oh, let, let, let's talk about that. I, yeah, but, we were gonna, I almost wanted to talk about it last week. We only wanted to talk football, though. So. I can't, I, I cannot, I cannot stand behind him after what he just did. He deserves the indefinite suspension. He needs to work on his mental issues that he obviously has. Because, I mean, I, I'm not... 
I am no longer buying into the idea of, I was flailing my arms around, that's what I do. No, no, I'm sorry. If you look at the replay, he stopped his arm movement and then continued it and backhanded the hell out of whoever that was. Now, I still very much appreciate that he tried to choke out Rudy Gobert. I have no problem with that. But this last instance, that's too far. That is my line in the sand. Dre, get well, come back, stop beating the hell out of people unnecessarily. Two two questions. One, did you have did you throw twenty dollars in the in the fine pot for the choke out of Gobert? No, but I could have if I knew about that. I'd throw in more than twenty. <laughs> good for at least seventy-five. Come on now. <laughs> Two. So so Dre's serving an indefinite suspension by the, by the Mike Shashevsky uh, yeah, corollary here. That's only one game, already. right? <laughs> yeah, that's only one game. They lost. They lost the, the, the they lost the first game on the suspension. They immediately brought him back. That's great. Congratulations, Draymond. That's good. What oh, a, I have what a, a clown. I have a feeling it's going to be about 15, 20 games. And he's going to have to go through some kind of interview process with Adam Silver before Silver decides that he wants Dre back in the NBA. It sucks. It it, it just sucks, but it's the right thing for the NBA to do, and it's the right thing to be done to Draymond Green after this incident. I I, I like Dre. I do a lot. I, I think he is a fantastic character. For, for the NBA, he keeps things interesting. Everybody needs um, a heel. You need you need villains in this business. It's absolutely the right decision. You can't be doing this shit. Come on. He's on a team with Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's not the biggest heel on the team? How's that happen? Chris Paul's the greatest NBA basketball player on the face of the earth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I, I've, got to, I've, I've set aside at least five good minutes here to talk about the beautiful thing that he's done with the HBCU Challenge. Chris Let's Paul is the greatest person in the NBA right now. I don't know why anybody thinks anything has ever happened to Chris Paul that is undeserving. Greatest basketball player ever on the face of the earth until he leaves the Golden State Warriors and he's the biggest dickhead in the world again. Humanitarian of the year? Oh, humanitarian of a lifetime. <laughs> Just go ahead and give him the Nobel Peace Prize right now. Give him every Peace Prize. Give him oh, every Nobel. Literature. Academic. I, give him a doctorate from, from every <laughs> university in the ACC. Oh, this is fantastic. Love it. Yeah, all in jest. But did put together a, a really cool thing. The Historically Black College and University Challenge. They sent Texas Southern, Howard, Jackson State, North Carolina A&T, who all do the gimmick of we're playing road games until like January. Yep. Gathered them in Vegas for a pair of games on Saturday and Sunday. Got them on ESPN. I think it was they were all on ESPNU, I believe. And it was some good basketball. I, I caught a couple of the games. I, I saw Jackson State and Howard. I saw uh, Texas, or and I saw Jackson State and North Carolina A&T on Sunday. Good stuff. And maybe it's these kind of games that the NCAA tournament committee will look at and and see that these teams can play at a level above the play-in tournament. I mean, that's yeah. really the whole idea is to get these guys out of the Tuesday Wednesday cycle. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good way to put, good way to put it. Like I said it, it was it was a good game. Uh, Neat little event. I like it. 
Yeah, North Carolina A&T got their first win of the season over Texas Southern. Texas Southern then got their first win of the season over Howard. That last one was chancy. Texas Southern, I think, had about a seven-point lead in the final minute, blew all but one of those points, and needed a blocked layup uh, in the final seconds to preserve that victory. Take it how you can get it. And then something that we hinted at back on Wednesday's show, the biggest upset of the year now, Chicago State defeats Northwestern as a 24-and-a-half-point dog. Wesley Cardet scores 30 points for Chicago State, who now, in fact, I need to check this as we speak, who now has a two-game winning streak because they beat Texas Rio Grande Valley tonight, 78-68. We won yesterday. We win today. That's two in a row. We win tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. streak. It has <laughs> been done before. So that makes Chicago State, I think, 5-9 and nine right now. This is the best they've looked in quite a while. Yeah, I was shocked by that. Uh, somebody somebody posted that Northwestern was in trouble. And this is uh, Keep in mind, uh, this means that Chicago State has a win now over Purdue via proxy, right? Oh, my. Oh, jeez, you're right. There we yeah. go. It goes directly from Purdue to Northwestern to Chicago State. Transitive victory of only two degrees. Chicago State over Purdue. This is big time. Big time here. Couldn't believe that when I saw Northwestern was struggling and they couldn't pull it out at the end. And by the way, Chicago State has a three-game winning streak because they actually beat Valpo Saturday. So the, the victory over uh, Rio Grande Valley is number three. Oh, so it actually is a three, and they actually do have a winning streak now, not just two in a row. Congratulations, Lou Brown. That's good. And if you want to see him win number four, they play Friday against Wisconsin on the Big Ten Network. Wisconsin is probably shaking their shoes right now. Yeah, the groin injury, the likes they've never seen <laughs> never before. Seen before. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get, let's okay, get some. How about Dean Malenko? I was going to give him a title shot. He was the big man, oh. wanted to injure me. Hey, come injure me now, you little punk. He's sitting at home with some kind of hokey injury. This is a real injury, Dean Malenko. Dean this Malenko. is like groin pull, the likes you've never seen in your whole life. They're not from Chicago. They don't know what a Chicago street fight is. How dare you doubt El Dandy? You doubt El Dandy. Chicago State needs to get the 500 so we can get them into a tournament. Yes, please. It would take a lot of work. Uh, we'll talk about them on the preview show. But if they can get the 500, that'd be a miraculous season. And they would deserve yes. either the uh, the CIT or CBI. Whatever those other tournaments are named. Oh, y'all look alike. That's because they are all alike. They really are. For entertainment purposes only. Truthfully, if you took those two tournaments and put them in the same location, nobody would know one tournament from the other. No, absolutely not. We mentioned earlier there are... Not complaining, just an observation. Yeah, just an observation. And maybe they could do something about that. Like, you, you uh, if you lose in one, it's like a double ring battle royal. If you lose in one tournament, you just go into the other tournament. <laughs> you go to the other ring. It's all good. I love it. This is good. <laughs> that needs to be done. Get 32 teams in Las Vegas, put them in two tournaments, and you have to lose in both tournaments to be officially eliminated. That's good. You go to the double, you go to the loser's bracket in the other tournament. That's good. Well, and then we could put the Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament involved that as well so that somebody has to, like, 
you know, ha- has three second round matches and has to lose yes. four times to be eliminated. Yes. And, and and you screw the number one pick just like they'd always do the Midnight Express. Oh yeah, you could you could start merging teams just for the hell of it. You know? Oh, there you go. Yeah, Kentucky tonight will play a combination of Chicago State and DePaul. <laughs> Chicago All Stars. <laughs> There's only four unbeaten teams left. <laughs> We're going off the rails. There's only four unbeaten teams left in Division One basketball. On December 9th, we lost three of them in minutes of each other. Colorado State lost to St. Mary's at home in Colorado Springs. BYU loses to Utah and Salt Lake City. And TCU lost to Clemson in Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg, damn it! <laughs> As expected, the BYU-Utah game had some heat. It oh, was yeah. A good crowd there in Salt Lake. That's going to be so fun when they're when they're all in the Big 12 together next year. It's going to be super good. You know, it'll be really fun in about five years when they're in the Pac-12 together again. <laughs> That's good. And by the way, TCU lost to Clemson. Clemson was unbeaten at that point. They lose at Memphis this past Saturday, suffering their first loss. Uh, Memphis looking a little frisky. Penny might have something brewing there. They do, and I see that every year, and I get sucked in, and then Memphis I know. just pulls a... Yeah. Implodes. Something feels different this year, though. I don't know what. I hope you're right. I like Memphis. I like Penny. It's a great combination, but I'm tired of spending my hard-earned money on them and not getting Same. anything in return. Maybe they can beat Connecticut for me. Please. On Sunday, December 10th, Princeton lost to St. Joe's 74-70. Princeton had a really good shot of finishing the season unbeaten. The Ivy League isn't what it once was. A little down this year, yeah. And they, they have a tough game against Delaware, I think, on December 30th. But if they would got past that and the St. Joe's game, there was a very good chance that we were going to have an undefeated Ivy League school heading into March. Not meant to be. Screwing with our storylines, damn it. Uh, some other notes from the past weekend. Grand Canyon wins at Liberty. That was a really good win for them. Their yeah. only loss so far is to South Carolina in Glendale, which is semi-home for Grand Canyon. They could be favored to win all the remaining games, although you know, the, the whack is pretty tough. They're 55th in Kin Palm. That's scratching it at large. Mm. Man, if they could run the table here, maybe drop a game along the way, they they're in the they're in the ballpark. I'm not saying they're a slam dunk or anything, but there's something there. The, the only problem with that is they have to lose somewhere yeah. to need the at-large bid. Exactly. At that point, what is it, the conference title game? Yeah, exactly. Maybe the conference yeah. semifinal. You know, it depends on who you lose to at that point. Be a lot going on, yeah. But it's something to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll talk more during the conference previews, which will drop probably the weekends before Christmas and New Year's. There's a good number of mid-majors, whatever you want to call them, in basketball that have possibilities of getting at-large bids if they need them. And a few mid-major conferences that could have multi-bids that usually don't. But we're down to four unbeaten teams, as I've mentioned many times as I've tried to transition down to this point. Houston, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and do you know who the fourth unbeaten team is without looking at the format I, sheet? 
I do know who I, I do know who it is. I knew it without the format sheet. It's our boys but, at James Madison. Been a hell of a hell of a athletic year for the Dukes. They've been fantastic. And I think they could be the last unbeaten team in the nation. Uh, yeah. o- Oklahoma has Carolina on Wednesday. They may get beaten right there. I think I think that's going to happen. Mississippi opens the SEC season at Tennessee, and then they host Florida. They're going to lose one of those two games. Yep. Houston, however, is favored all season long by Ken Palm, and that includes a road game at Kansas, which again is why they should be number one right now. But the Big Twelve, big nobody's going unbeaten in the Big Twelve. Let me tell you something. If and, and you can quote me on this. Go ahead and clip the uh, clip the soundbite, and you can save it for later. If Houston goes on the road and beats Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse, they will win the national championship. Oh my! Because I'm I'm confident in saying that because nobody goes on the road to Allen Fieldhouse and just walks in there and wins games. It is not. It is maybe the most difficult place in the nation to play. When it comes down to the the, the big, you got Big Twelve officials you know, on that game. They're going to make sure that 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 the that the chosen ones are protected at home against the upstart uh, newcomers from the old uh, Southwest Conference. So it will take an act of God for Houston to win that game uh, at Allen Fieldhouse, and if they do. God love them. They're going to win the national title. Saturday, February 3rd. Mark the date. Mark the date. And ESPN will probably put the game on the plus. Well, it's not West Virginia. They'll be all right. <laughs> James Madison, however, is favored in every one of their remaining games except one, and that's at Appalachian State. I still think that James Madison could be the last team without a loss on their record even though Ken Palm has this loss scheduled, just because, you know, like I said, the Big 12 is too tough. And wouldn't it be fun if we could have an unbeaten James Madison in the NCAA tournament? Where would James Madison deserve to be ranked in the NCAA tournament if they're unbeaten? And where will the tournament committee put them to screw them? If they were undefeated. Oh, man, if, if they're undefeated, God, a Sun Belt team. So you're not... You're like if you want to split the conferences up, that's you're probably talking third tier at that point. Now remember, they beat Michigan State. They've got a win over Kent State. They have a win over Fresno. They have a win over Radford. They're undefeated. They've got to be at least a sixth seed. They're not going to get them any you know up into you know up into a protected seed. They're not going to be a four. But they've got to be a five or a six at that point. Where would they actually put them? They they would be an eight or a nine that they could they could throw against the top seed in the, uh, second, in the round second round yeah. for, for 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 TV and, and and they could they could get creative with it and and book it where it's the, the the lead into sixty minutes. I know how I know how this game works, and they say they don't do it. I know how the game works. Should be a six, they'll be a nine. Hey, got a trivia question here for you. Uh, we're talking about the unbeaten's, but who has the nation's longest winning streak right now? The fact that you're asking that, and we just talked about four teams that are all undefeated, makes me think that it's not any of these four. You are correct. Uh, and, and that being the case, I honestly have no freaking clue. How about if I throw Longwood at you? Oh, Lord. Holy crap. They lost their first game of the year to St. Bonnie's and has now won 12 in a row. Houston gotcha. is 11-0. and 0. 
did not have that one on the radar whatsoever. Well, I, and I wanted to get it in because it may not last too long. They have Dayton on December 30th. Yeah, it's, that's not going to last too long, probably. <laughs> and the fact that, hey, as I look at their schedule, I did not realize this. Uh, one of their wins comes against the Apprentice School. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is not the worst <laughs> opponent that a Division One team has played this year. We're not going to get into it now, but there is one that is worse. Well, well, wait a minute. Do, do we? Do we? I want to get into this one. This one wasn't on the format sheet. Please tell me that you saw the North Dakota State highlights from the other day. Uh, no. Against? Uh, are you talking football? Okay. Or are you talking basketball? No, I'm talking basketball. This okay. is a basketball podcast night out. Okay. Um, oh, geez. I just looked up the score. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Oak Hill this Christian actually happened. 108 to 14. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I will send you the highlights. And I'm using the word highlights in the loosest adaptation possible they shot 73 per- oh wait wait okay that's two points but still they must have shot about 60 percent from the field let me just say this and i'm being generous here we're old men at this point we could have suited up and got 25 minutes for oak hills christian <laughs> really <laughs> i will send you the video and you will see what i'm talking about this was bishop sycamore for basketball that's what this I, was. I can see that. I'm, I'm this looking at the was... stats for Oak Hill. They shot one for 20 from three-point land. They were five for 29 inside the arc. Yes, as soon as we hit the button on this, I will shoot you the the, the video. We've got the footage. It's, it's an abomination. Oh, man, that is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have been, I would have been gassed. I would have had, I, you know, I would have been completely out of breath and whatnot, and would have had nothing. But I would have looked better than than the dudes in the rotation for Oak Hill. I'm just saying, it was bad. It was horrible. Okay, this could be worse than, and uh, I'm not going to give it up. There, there is a, there's still a better team as an opponent for a Division One school this year. Maybe not by play but by name alone but by name yes oh that's you gave it to me the other day yes i did and i saw it again and i was as i was doing our homework for the shows i it came across again <laughs> it wasn't it was a school for the blind wasn't it uh close oh i, shit, I don't want to give it? it away but you're close oh no God damn it, it. it was no, a it was a school for a minority of one sort or another oh no god not, Jesus Christ. For a minority of one sort of the other. Good God. Should I just give it to you? I, can I? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to it, give it, it to me. It's something like, it was the Mississippi School for Women. <laughs> That's right. It was a men's team from the Mississippi right. School for Women. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't remember now who they played. But you know what? They look better than Oak Hill Christian, at least according to the box score that I'm looking at. Oh, my God. Lord have mercy. On that, man, I've got nothing else. We need to go through the schedule? Yeah, we, we got to go through the schedule real quick. 
I, I do not see any of these schools on the TV schedule, so I think we're good there. No FCC fines this week. <laughs> uh, what do we got? It, it depends. It looks like I'm going to blow off the Tuesday schedule because I don't know when this pod is actually coming out. Uh, on Wednesday, Virgi- for, the, the, for that Virgi- I'll say the, that Virginia-Memphis game on Tuesday is probably going to be pretty good. It'll probably be done by the time you hear this, but it, it looks like it could be a good one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, yeah. If we get this out before that game starts, it's 4 p.m. Vegas time on ESPN2. But on Wednesday, it's a fabulous schedule. 4 p.m., you have Baylor at Duke. Let's just say it, even though it's a Madison <laughs> Square Garden. <laughs> yes. On ESPN. At 6, you have North Carolina and Oklahoma as part of the, uh, I think it's called the Jumpman uh, Challenge yeah. or, or Invitational. Jumpman, Jumpman Classic, Jumpman Challenge. It's a, it's a Nike Jordan Jumpman event in Charlotte. Yeah. So Oklahoma at North Carolina. <laughs> it, it, it's the four teams that first uh, signed contracts with uh, Nike. Yeah, and and it's Florida and Michigan in the other game, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, you got Bama at Arizona on ESPN. Good game there. I like that. Thursday, Diamond Head Classic starts. All the games are on either ESPNU or ESPN2. It finishes up on Sunday. The top half of the bracket actually has the two best teams. Nevada faces Temple. TCU faces Old Dom. The winner of that semifinal, assuming that both Nevada and TCU win, will definitely be favored in the tournament final. Although they might have to play hometown hero Hawaii. They're in the bottom half of the bracket. They play Portland in the first round. The other game, first round game, is Georgia Tech and Massachusetts. Georgia Tech? Might have something brewing there. They uh, escaped. Who did they? I can't remember who they played the other day. They they didn't look great, but they escaped with a with a much needed win. So the Jackets may have something brewing there. Speaking of the ACC, let me throw this out there just again and shout out to Pat Forty because I call I call him out on this every single year. Please tell me how the Kentucky Louisville rivalry is the greatest rivalry in sports when its annual meeting this year is three o'clock Vegas on a Thursday afternoon. Get the fuck out of here! It's Kentucky and Louisville on the mothership, three o'clock Vegas time on Thursday. I'm presuming it's the lead into some bowl game of some sort. Probably, yeah, yeah, and that's just it. It's a lead into a bowl game, a meaningless bowl game. Greatest rivalry in the world, though. Second only to Duke-Syracuse. <laughs> you beat me to that one. <laughs> yeah. Two late games of note. 7 p.m. Vegas time, Hofstra at UNLV. It's on the Mountain West streaming service. Go find it. It's free. And it's better than Peacock. Mm-hmm. And at 8 p.m. Vegas time, Boise at Washington State on something called the Pac-12 Ooh. Network. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, good luck finding that, yeah. Some illegal stream. On Saturday at noon, Florida Atlantic at Arizona on Fox. And then on Sunday, the Diamond Head Classic finishes up the title game at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And then the fat man comes around with the reindeer and eats cookies and drops some grub. So Yeah, and there's pretty much no college basketball until about Thursday of the week after that. Yes. So with that, we will be back on Wednesday with bowl game predictions. Hopefully we will be doing better than we started out with. Yeah. Don't bet on football, y'all. It's basketball season. It's basketball season, absolutely. Talking basketball.
not football, basketball. And then for the next two weekends, sometime right around there, you know, just kind of keep a watch for it. College basketball previews, number one and number two. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll be back for real few days after the new year to talk about the bowl games and preview the uh, college football national championship. Yeah, it'll be happening. So for Draymond Green, Kurt Rambis, Rick Mahorn, and Latrell Sprewell, that's the best <laughs> producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll do this again Wednesday, making some plays. We're going to bring some basketball later in the week, next week. All that stuff. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. All that stuff. Yeah, who knows? It, it, it's all coming to you. It's all coming to you right here on 60 Seniors.